The flyover state sports show is for a mature audience. It contains strong language and adult situations. We do not own the rights to any audio of the podcast. Viewer discretion is advised. Is this on? I'm your host, Sam Long, and I am joined by only one of my cohorts, Mr. Gavin the Turd Alexander. Gavin, we don't have beans today. He's they out. took away our cameras? He took away our cameras. He's the only one smart enough to do that. Bean, you know, on a realistic note, beans cannot be here today for reasons. Do not know why. But the media wouldn't I, tell us. The media would not tell us. Um, we just want to send a sincere thank you to, uh, Caleb for all that he does for us. Um, especially the video, there will be no living color this week, but I know that he listens to our own podcast, which I find personally weird because I can't stand my own voice, but we wanted to say we're thinking of you beans and we're going to freeform this thing instead of an actual show sheet because you also make the show sheets. It, it's structured in our brain, you know, like we don't, we yeah. don't have, we don't have cameras, but we also don't have screens. You know, we're just technology less here today. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I hope this doesn't come off as, you know, us just riding beans coattail, but it kind of is that way. Beans is the heart and soul of this pod. And we really hope that whatever you're going through, buddy, if you need something, we got you. Um, we'll hold it down while you're gone. So, yeah, and on a like serious note, the tweet from Adam Scheffner that Beans was out indefinitely is just super misleading. Um, it's not cool, you know. Like we we can't really tell with the word indefinitely when Beans will be back, but uh, it sounds like by all reports out of camp that he's going to be right back in as soon as the season gets started this weekend. Exactly, and you know what, Adam Scheffner's douche, and he's a super douche. Let me pull up this tweet. What was that one tweet that he had like a couple of days ago where it was like 900 people are going to lose their jobs or something? Yeah. Let and me, I'm going to, yeah. Let me, let me find it because like I, this one, this one was so weird. Well, like was, he, he wasn't wrong and he didn't say anything like disparaging or anything. I mean, he also wasn't wrong on what he reported about Dalvin Cook with like, completely only reporting his side of the possible domestic abuse, the Dwayne Haskins deal, the Deshaun Watson deal. Like, No, I know. There, there was like no bias in this tweet. It was just like, why did you word it this way? You weirdo. It's I, crazy when you like expect the media to report facts, like how like far. What didn't uh, fucking what's his nuts. Didn't Rappaport like tweet and delete something about Alex Leatherwood like 
draft, like the Raiders trying to trade Leatherwood to like all 32 teams and all of them said no, implying that they A, either asked someone twice or B, like asked to trade him to themselves. Can, can, like, okay, like, I, what we're on the Leatherwood thing, holy shit, Raiders. Like, they hired a draft media expert to be their lead drafter. And either A, he's an idiot, or B, John Gruden had way too much. In no, point. just like how when you consistently reach, which the Raiders at this point are just like yes. absolutely, absolutely known for, and then like just continue to just like not get what the value of the like where you were drafting was. I like it doesn't have to be hard. Like if you're not good and you know you're not good, just pull up a consensus board and go. Like it's not rocket science, right? There's literally books written on how to do this. There's so much hurt dirt like from them draft wise, like for the last three years, and it's like, okay, like would you rather be bold and miss or like go with the ducks and miss? Or like go right. with the sheep and miss. Well, and especially like if I'd rather you go know you have miss. a bad track record. Like when I'm at when I'm at work and I'm engineering shit and trying to build shit, if I don't know something, I'm not just gonna like throw something on a hundred thousand dollar piece of equipment and be like, oh yeah, that's gonna work great, having absolutely no idea what it's doing. Like I'm gonna go ask somebody or I'm gonna like do whatever I need to to make sure that it's working. And these people are like paid much, much more than me to just not do like the basic Yeah, it's incredible. Did he delete this tweet? Or Probably. I, I don't know. Um, I, I sent it in like I sent it in a group message, and I don't know. Well, he, he well, basically just said that like nine hundred some people are going to lose their jobs, and it was like, okay, Adam, like Jesus. Oh, here it is. I I I skimmed over it. It reads: Over the next two days, eight hundred and sixty-four players will be released. Some will be brought back for practice squads. Some others will catch on with another team. But for many, this could be the end of their football playing days. It's like, for God's sakes, Jesus. Like, why? And, like, no, he got no backlash for that either. Like, again, I don't think he should have. It, it like, comes RG3. off super backhanded for a guy that's consistently bad at his job but has so much job security because the NFL doesn't give a shit. I love how RG3 is the top comment, and it's like, cut day is the hardest day in the NFL, praying yeah. for all the all these players. And it's like, man, he just, like, he knows. And, like, everyone understands. It, it sucks. Yeah. Uh, while we're on the Adam Scheffner topic as well, I wanted to talk about, have you, like, noticed or heard about the growing narrative in the NFL or, like, even issue that, like, NFL teams are just not reporting players' injuries for good reason, too. But, like, it's actually, like, kind of becoming a big deal. No, actually, to, to completely get you off topic real oh, quick. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, MLB's actually opposite problem where, like, players are faking injuries or, like, players to fake injuries. So that way they can put them on, like, the 15-day, like, injured oh, list. Yep. So that way they can, like, bring someone else in to, like, see if they can do a better job. Right. Without, like, oh. having to 
send that guy down to the minors and waste one of his options or like whatever. So like if someone has a slight, like slightly inflamed like elbow and they're struggling, it's like, Hey, we're going to like move you to the 15 day injured list. And we're going to call this kid up. And if he does better than you, you're probably going to the minors or getting DFA'd. And if he doesn't, and if he doesn't, hopefully like you're better at pitching in 15 days and it's like oh my god jesus christ no the the big things here is like um like perfect example is Najee harris um so remember the like big deal made about liz frank injuries and like all this stuff last offseason or i guess over this offseason with uh Tra- travis Etienne coming back from that oh, it's like that you know, is right he did have a liz frank it's like, you know, all this like analysis on like, God, we just got to be careful because there's not a good uh, record of players coming back off of those types of injuries and all this stuff. And then like Najee Harris is just like, it gets reported one day that he just walked up the hill, like out of practice, like on, under his own power and was just gone. Didn't practice for the next month, but that wasn't reported. And then he just like randomly comes out to the media on his own and like reports that he had a minor Liz Frank injury. And that's how we found what? out about it. And it's like, wait, it's like, I don't even care about the fact that like Najee Harris had that and like, cause he's like recovered and good now, but how the fuck was Najee Harris like this star in the NFL, not practicing for a month. And we just didn't know. Same thing with Darren Waller, same thing with Jalen Waddle right now. You got J.K. Dobbins and Cam Akers that are dealing with like similar things too. It's I don't know if NFL teams are starting to hide injuries more because that's honestly super smart from them. Um, I just it's a trend that I'm noticing, and I wonder if it's going to become much, much, much more popular. Dog, speaking of J.K. Dobbins, that dude is like trying to throw hands with the media like every time the report anything about his injury yeah and i'm not gonna lie it kind of like makes me feel worse about jk dobbins every time he does because it comes out with that like super it comes off as that super insecure kid just like yeah he he does feel like super defensive about it and it's like he's either like 100 healthy and the media is just trying to push some weirdo narrative that like he's going to miss time which doesn't make any sense. Like I, I know, I know we bash the media all the time, and like the media doesn't make a lot of sense all a lot of the time. But like, I don't know why you would push. Like I could see them pushing like an injury prone like narrative, mm-hmm. but like the narrative that guy is gonna miss week one almost feels that that almost feels like someone has a fantasy draft coming up and they're trying to push down his ADP. Yeah, no, like, like it, that's what it sounds like, but that's ridiculous. Like it doesn't, like it benefits it, nobody unless you're it, drafting. It is it ridiculous? No, but yes, but no. If that makes sense. Yes, yes, it does. It makes but, sense. Yes, like it makes sense, but the idea of it is ridiculous. Right. Um. Like, it, I don't know. It just feel. On one hand, J.K. seems super defensive about it. On the other hand, like. It makes no sense that they would be pushing this unless there was something. Right. Unless, like, it's the only thing to report out on Baltimore. And that, I guess that could be the case. That could be true. The other thing to consider, like, in terms of him being defensive, and, like, really, to me, like, 
of all the positions in football, the ones that should be the most insecure and like defensive when the media is like bashful on them, like the running back position as a whole is, true. is just one that like is most dependent on the coach just deciding that like, hey, they should get carries or they shouldn't, or they should be on the field or they should not. Like every other position, most of the time you're going to like find your way to the field by injuries. There's more people starting, whatever, right? Like running back, there's one. And the coach has to like consciously decide to put you in there and give you the ball. So like if anything's going to, if I'm an NFL player and my money is like entirely reliant on another human being, not making mistakes, the media, like pushing bad narratives on you that coaches are hearing regardless of like their own thinking that they're unbiased and stuff. That is kind of a big deal. Yeah. From a player perspective. Yeah, no, I completely understand. I, I got to ask, too, how bad is Gus Edwards – how bad was Gus Edwards' ACL there? Because, I, I mean, like, J.K.'s was, like, really early in the summer, but he had, like, other sort of, like – Yeah, like, LCL and other damage. Yeah, like, that was different. But, like, with Gus, it was, like, a week before the season started, and he, like, is already on the pup. Like, he's already going to be not back until, like, week five. And it's just like, how bad was his? I, I, there's also, I think the majority of it to me comes down to like, we see these like super athletes, these guys that are just like freaks of nature recover quicker or like better. Like Gus or, Edwards is just kind of a normal dude who's good at football. Yeah. Like not like, that, of course fair. he's in the NFL, he's in the top 1%, but like he's getting compared to like guys that are in the top 1% of his, you know, like. Yeah, no, I know what you're saying. Like, I actually, I watched a uh, Dorktown doc on, um, I don't even remember who it was. Like, I, I genuinely can't even remember the guy's name. But he was, like, some dude for the Phillies who had, like, five career home runs. It was, like, a terrible hitter. Or maybe it was, like, four. I don't even remember. It was, like, five, four or five career home runs. And, like, in one game, he, like, hit two or something like that. Which is like an astronomical occurrence, considering like the amount of home runs he had in his career, or wh- however many it was. He had some fucking ludicrous amount, like by comparison. But he was like, "Yeah, it's Steve Jeltz. That's who it was." And the guy making the video, John Boyce, is like, "Yeah, this dude's like in the top one percent or whatever of like." people it is sport but like if you break down the top one percent into like percentage he's like probably like the top like he's probably like in the 99 point like seven percentile instead of like the 99 point like eight <laughs> yep i have a uh, breaking news sam live on the pod do 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 i pull the trigger on mitch's trade all right what is your trade it's Godwin in a third for Kirk Cousins, a first and a second. Correct. Can you get a 23 first, or is he just not going to budge on that? He's not going to budge on that. What a pansy. Um, What if I traded you Cole Komet a second and a <laughs> second for that first? That that first is just going to kind of hang out. Uh, All right. Uh, I, I think that's probably a good trade because I think his team is going to be bad next year. Do you – um? I, I genuinely think his team is, like, going to struggle with depth issues this year and is, like, already getting kind of old. Let, let me put that in a different light, then. Do you think it's a fine trade right now, too? 
I mean, you have a lot of wideouts. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't need Godwin, and I'm just like concerned. You have, some, you have someone to drop so you can pick up a defense. Oh fuck, that's a good point. I mean, surely, you, you, so you gotta you gotta factor that in because I don't think any of your guys are going to IR immediately. Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, I have Rashad Penny on my roster. He's been on IR for the last six years. Except for this one time when you need to be on IR. That's a very good point. You could maybe ask if you have another player that's just kind of disposable. You, you could like you could like swap Ryan Tannehill for like two thirds, like take take your third out and have him give you an extra third. I feel bad because I absolutely just like offered him that trade in writing too. Yeah, you really can't change it up. Um, who's the worst player? For, you know, let me check your roster. To Gotta all be you Eno. Guys, to all you guys listening out there, um, apologies. Sorry, not sorry, though. We can cut this. I mean. Nah, we're leaving it in. All right. The people got to know that we're in a high-stakes, not high-stakes dynasty league. We're in a high-stakes, non-industry league. Fuck the industry. Big girl. Oh, honestly, it's kind of Ryan Tannehill with this trade, but. Um, God, your roster's good. Dog, I'm going to be honest. I would just ask one of your two tight ends. I know. I'm still kind of scared about. I want to keep uh, Austin Hooper. I, I got to keep the three tight ends. I'm also be honest. You could also just ask, you know, Benjamin. <laughs> I know I could ask Eno. I you might dog honestly. He's got James Conner. You might as well just throw Eno in for like a third. For a third. Just be like, hey, I have your dude's backup. Like I'll give him to you instead of the third, and he'll probably be like, yeah, that'll be fine. So then you keep your third that you were offering, and he gets a he gets a handcuff, and you get a defense. That's a good point. See, Sam, Sam is out here solving problems. All right. So while, so while you figure that out, Gavin. Yep. I think it's time for me. So my coworker, John, sent me this tweet. And I got to find it real quick. I believe he sent it to our official Twitter account. I say it's official. You know, I applied for that account to be verified, and they told me we didn't have a big enough influence, and I just felt very disrespected. Ouch. So, this comes from FanDuel Sportsbook. This also comes from John Zimmerman of my, uh, of MattCore Metal Fabrication. Uh, John is an awesome dude, by the way. All of our episodes, he's a real G. So... Love him to death. So he sent me this tweet from FanDuel Sportsbook where this guy, I think it's a NASCAR race. It's like a NASCAR F1. I can't remember. But he made a parlay, four-leg parlay for, like, all of the, like, lowest, like, odded drivers or, like, some combo of, like, really low odd drivers to all make top ten. And apparently there's this big-ass crash at the very end that took out everyone except for the shitty drivers that this guy bet on. 
And so he turned basically $13.49 into uh, $999,433.63, or damn near a million dollars. Holy shit. Yeah, right? What would you do with a million dollars? Um, Buy a couple houses. Yeah, land is probably what I would do. Yeah, buy, buy land. Buy land. Land never gets... But everybody that's thinking about buying land, do not... Uh, yeah, because I'm trying to buy it instead. Right, it's a terrible investment. Yep, you should spend it all on cars. But uh, yeah, here are the people he bet on. Uh, Cody Ware, BJ McLeod, Landon Castle, and David Reagan. Like, BJ McLeod sounds like a name I've heard before, but I, I don't know who any of these guys are. Uh, did you finally do it? Did you make... Did I did. You it's been picture? pulled off. That was what the silence was for. Tra- Travis is going to be so upset. He is pissed right now. Oh, yeah, you just added an extra third. There you go. It was two tons, too. Yeah, I know. I don't think Mitch fully understands uh, how bad some of these teams are. Nope. Um, But that bet is fucking crazy, though. Here, let me in. Just wait till I show you. Uh... Um, If, uh, so we hit on, do we want to go through cu- uh, cuts here, Sam, while we're. Well, well, look at what I just put in the chat. Okay. Instigator. <laughs> <laughs> Best wide receiver on the market gets moved. Let's go. Oh. But yeah, so anyways, to piggyback off of what John sent me in terms of sports betting, Kansas sports betting as of the release of this is going to be legal. I've currently signed up for $200 of free play to, uh, you know, MGM Sports, better or whatever. I'm currently signed up. I'm going to get $200 free to gamble my life away, Gavin. Are you going to sign up yourself? No, I am just attempting to save as much money as I can right now because I'm in the market for a second but or Gavin, for a home again. It's free money, though. You just spend the $200 like you didn't It's free money, money, but it's money that is also not going towards oh, – I guess it is free money in terms of it's not coming out of – Yeah, still you time. Didn't, I, Damn I it, all right. I put $10 yeah. in or something like that. I'll just like bet something on the uh, on the K State game this weekend and put some. Uh... Actually, the K State game isn't on the MGM site. What the fuck? Okay. Yeah, oh. I know. I'll I find something. I was trying to see that too. Um, but yeah, so I was wrong when I was telling you earlier that like you can just bet all of it on a game and then you get all of it back. I think all you get off the free play money is profits. Hmm. So, um, but still, you know, if you lose all of it. Then it was never technically yours. You could only yeah. use it to gamble. Yep. So you know it's just for fun. Just don't go getting addicted to it. Yeah, that that's what they're hoping. Now, Gavin, what you could do is you could put together a mean ass parlay, throw like fifty bucks on it. You can make some cash, hold up, baby. Oh, <laughs> actually, that might be what I do. I might make a mean money line parlay of like all the teams that are favored to win by like thirty points and make like ten dollars. Free money, free uh, zero risk. 
Yeah, pretty much. Zero risk, except for when eventually I uh, get addicted and deposit like a hundred dollars in this account and start gambling all the time. Right. Um, uh, but no, well, I I think I think this week, or not this week, but in the future, we're gonna have to have a segment on the pod. You know, when things are back to organized, called the flyover state parlay. We each got to take a bet and then we put it into a parlay. And then, like, we each put, like, I don't know. You guys can Venmo me, like, 10 bucks a week or something. We can just put 30 bucks in a parlay and see see what hits. Oh, there's potential there. Exactly. Because if we hit it. We're geniuses. We're geniuses. Free money. And if we don't, and then, then, like. If we don't hit it, then we just come out in four months and say that we never said to do that. <laughs> we'll just say. We can just say it off rip. We can just say, like, hey, we never intended for you guys. Yeah, to we didn't say bet that at all. Shit. What the hell are you talking about? No, Traylon Burks was never my wide receiver one. You know, um, if you really wanted to too, you could um you could uh if you really didn't want to lose that two hundred dollars like immediately, you could just put like a future bet and like bet on the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl. It's true. Then you got it the whole season. Yeah, then you then until like the Chiefs are eliminated from the playoff contention, then like you pretty much haven't lost that money yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's still kind of there. It's like it's like a crypto. When they're like, you buy like a Bitcoin for like $2,000 and then it's worth $10. And it's like, well, you haven't actually lost that money yet because it could still go up. And then it like is worth $0, but you still haven't lost anything yet, technically. Yeah. Have a, um, okay, are we ready? I'm, pre- I'm mentally prepared to talk about grown men losing their jobs now. Okay, yeah. So grown men lost their jobs this week, as reported by Adam Schefter. I believe it was 864 of them, if I remember right. Yep. Uh, Marlon Mack got cut, and that was devastating as I paid actual assets for him in Dynasty, and I regret <laughs> it. Actually, me paying that for Marlon Mack probably triggered the events of the last couple of days in terms of trades. That's true. In our Dynasty League. So that was kind of that domino meme where it's like, ah, you know, you do the small one and suddenly they keep getting bigger and suddenly Travis has Ezekiel Elliott, a second round pick and a third round pick and Robert Woods in the aggregate for Darren Waller. And it's like, how did that happen? Yeah. What were the other, um, I saw like some surprise we had, there was honestly a lot more trades at the deadline that happened too. Like God, the best thing I saw, was you know Tony Jefferson like had been blind pretty much the last couple of years playing football? Right. <laughs> the best thing I saw somebody tweeted, Tony Jefferson finally could see, and he just all he could see was his walking papers or something like that. <laughs> it's like first thing Tony Jefferson sees after getting his eyes fixed is walking papers. That's what it was. There, there really wasn't any that like. Uber surprised me. I was more surprised at seeing like Jalen Rager actually get traded for um like even I actually think the trade makes a shit ton of sense for the Vikings. Um they there was kind of a bunch fourth round pick for him too though. I don't know. I felt like that was a good trade for the Eagles. Well did, I I thought they gave up a seventh a seventh that it, could turn to a, a con- fifth. No, it's a conditional seventh this year. And, like, a conditional fourth that can become a fifth next year, I think. Oh, shit. Okay, I view that differently then. I thought it was just one That's what I thought, at least. That's that's the way I was reading it at work. So, you know, one one eye on the fucking uh, screen, the other, you know, 
like behind me to make sure that someone doesn't fucking you know try and get me fired for trying to figure out what Jalen Rager got traded for. <laughs> Guys, yeah. you imagine just getting fired from your job because you cared too much about Jalen Rager of all people? Yeah, you could have been Lavisca Chenault too. God, yeah. <laughs> Did I ever tell you or send you uh, the tweet that I saw? Uh, about um, LaVisca Chanel? I've seen good Rondell Moore tweets that I think are down the same line you're going, but. No. Oh, God, how did it go? It was something like. Uh, I don't remember how it went now. Fuck. I gotta find this. This was so okay. You funny. you you look. I'll keep uh, aimlessly strolling here because no, get, this this was hilarious. Like the you dude, get Lavisca Chenault traded. Like uh, by and large, NFL. I was just kind of surprised. Usually, you always see you always see these like, oh, we're looking to trade this player, or oh, we're looking to try and move this player because we don't want to cut him. And, like, that usually never, ever actually ends in anything because NFL teams are like, well, you're just going to cut them and then we get them for free. But now apparently NFL teams are willing to give up seventh-round picks instead of just free players. So um, if that says anything about how the NFL feels about late-round draft picks, which I don't even know if I necessarily disagree with at this point. It seems like UDFAs are almost almost more dependable at this rate. Oh, okay, to be fair, though, there's more th- this draft – and we, we talked about it earlier. This draft was deeper than any true. draft class yeah. ever from the amount of just bodies. That because, is true. like, we basically had, like, two drafts in one. Like, two drafts worth of players in one. Right. So, late-round players. Um, yeah, late-round players and, like, UDFAs this year are better than normal. That, that's okay, true. I, I, found, I hadn't I thought it. of that. I found um, it. So someone's okay. So the tweet in question was, it was underneath like the Ian Rapport tweet about Lavisca Chanel getting traded, and the person said, "Just what Trevor Lawrence needs, less help." <laughs> <laughs> and I thought about it, and I was like, "Well, let's think." His wide receivers at the current moment are Tristan Kirk, who is fine. Zay Jones, who I think tried to kill himself one time. Yes. And I don't even know who the other receiver is on their team. And then they have, like, Travis Etienne and James Robson. Travis Etienne might actually just have to be a wide receiver this year. Yeah, I I, I don't know what the Jags are doing. They're the fucking Jags. They, they are the Jags. And Christian Kirk is going to catch, like, 150 balls this season and for, like, 1,000 yards and two touchdowns. And it's gonna this I agree with. He had – okay, I – to go back to um, my like rants on previous shows, because like um, Chris, so Christian Kirk has had like a thirty six percent target share um, in the preseason when he's played, which is like just kind of laughable. Not gonna. Oh, happen. they still have Marvin Jones. I forgot they still have Marvin Jones. Yes, but like it's one of those things where again, is that laughable and not gonna happen? Yes. Is that actually really really good? And we should kind of like take a note that. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is looking for Christian Kirk when he's on the field. Also, yes. Kind of like how you should like 
when we we literally got the report that Damian Pierce is the running back one in Houston, like just before Marlon Mack got released. And like we all we'd seen in the preseason was the fact that like with multiple weeks left in the preseason, Damian Pierce had won the job. And then like a like backup running back gets released. So he's still the starter and people are like, oh my God, he's the starter now. And it's like, what, what the, f-? it's like just not reacting to like the information we had at all. Cause like, I understand you don't want to overreact to the I, preseason, but I at the same like time, Gavin- it would have been baffling as hell to see Damian Pierce, like play as the starter all preseason, keep everybody else on the bench and then come out week one and Marlon Mack just like, has 40% of the work. I, I feel like, Gavin, the one thing that you need to consider... I, I So here's the thing. I feel like you and me... Let's not beat around the bush. We're into fantasy, like, way too much, right? Yep. Like, you and I's friendship went from, like, an A to your friendship to an S to your friendship because we always talk about fantasy and shit. Yep. Or whatever. That's like the bedrock of like one of the bedrock pillars of our friendship. And I feel like we don't understand how many people that play fantasy are not as into it as like we are by a lot, if that makes sense. So, okay. I understand. So, so like, for, from my perspective, I'm thinking like, I don't know how much the general audience. I, I feel like we we're not in the top like ten percent fantasy people by any means, but I would say we're definitely in the top twenty five. Estimate like how much the bottom seventy five know who the fourth round pick of the Houston Texans at running back is and are actually paying attention to who the Texans have on their roster. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I like, agree. It, it wouldn't shock me if no. It would not shock me if people outside of Dynasty, if like ninety percent of people outside of Dynasty, didn't know who Damian Pierce was like two weeks ago. Yeah, no, and that's completely fair. I guess it's the difference in like I'm starting with the assumption that you're intaking all of the news, which is a terrible assumption. Yeah, and that's why. So, like for me, when I hop on Twitter, like Damian Pierce starts trending. Because, like, he's hot, like, in fantasy circles. And a lot of my trends are geared towards, like, K-State fantasy circles. Like, Chiefs. Like, all this, like, Kansas City, like, SKC. And, like, even Royals. And I follow the Red Sox. So, there's some Red Sox stuff that trends. But, like, because I'm so into fantasy, like, he'll trend. And I see what's happening with him. And, you know, you see, like... I don't know how to pronounce the dude's name. Don, it's like Dom Kilkov or whatever the fuck his name is. Right. You see him like tweeting about it and like David Clug tweeting about it. Matthew Barry will put a tweet out about him. And it's like everyone who like pays attention to those dudes like no. But like if you're not in Dynasty like a couple weeks ago, you don't know who the fuck Damian Pierce is. Yeah, that's fair. Or whatever. Like, I mean, same thing with Romeo Dubs. Like no one knew who the fuck Romeo Dubs was like two, three weeks ago, and now, like, a lot of people do. Whatever, Sky Moore's a great example, too. Like, I mean, even, like, Sky Moore, until he got drafted by the Chiefs, like, same thing, and, like... Yeah, I know. I'm very pissed off that he got drafted. Yeah, I know you are. (laughs) 
Um, but this I, actually takes is a pretty good segue. I did want to give you and I the platforms to victory lap or just like completely forget about and say that we never said it. Um, I want one player from both of us that we just like believe in a hundred percent that like isn't already being pumped up and another player that we just hate that probably is being pumped up. Okay. NFL. Um, if, you, if you don't have one, I can get us started. So let me think off the cuff real quick. Um, for one, let's just send out a special shout out to our favorite insurance salesman, Skylar Thompson for making the roster. Yes. I, I, He's proved me wrong. I think he is basically reaching about his ceiling, which is backup quarterback. I feel like he's the backup quarterback on a lot of teams, just not over Teddy Bridgewater, the team that wants to contend. Let's just hope he stays healthy. That's the only, like, that's the yeah. actual thing I'm concerned about. Not his I ability would rather Skylar Thompson start, like, us like a handful of games in his career and stay healthy and make a lot of money like Chase. I would rather Skyler have a Chase Daniel career and stay completely healthy than go out there and like get thrown out to the wolves by some bad team and fuck his career over because he gets right. Then he Um, gets hurt and then he's out of the league. Yeah. So again, if Skyler gets the opportunity to start for a team that's not a complete dumpster fire, then good for him. I would love that for him. Miami's not a complete dumpster fire, so but I don't think he'll be starting for them anytime soon. I think I think people are being incredibly biased against so here's the thing. People are being incredibly biased against Tua, which can be true. But like at the same time, like I don't think Skyler is like close to Tua, if that makes sense. No. And I feel like no. if they got rid of Tua, they wouldn't just be going to Skyler. They would be going to a veteran. Well, and we've talked so. about this on this podcast before. Like, I understand and it feels good as a K-State fan to root for your players in the NFL. But Skyler's like the worst one to root for. Just because, like, if he is, like, super successful in the NFL and we had that and did nothing with it, like... That's just going to hurt it, me. It inside. just makes you feel bad. Like that's right. just... so. Like let me be. Let me be very clear. If Skyler went out there and became a starting quarterback in the NFL and was like really good, we're not even talking like Pro Bowl good. But if he was like a starting quarterback and started for a couple, like we're talking Tyrod Taylor good or something, I'd be like really happy for him. Like I'd be happy he's representing K State really well. I'd still be a little bit jaded about it. Because it's yes. like, hey, man, like, we had a dude who was as good as Tyrod Taylor. And Tyrod Taylor was taking Virginia Tech to, like, BCS, like, bowl games. Yep. And we're, like, out – we were out here, like, losing to fucking Navy in the Liberty Bowl. Yeah. So I think that's kind of – that's more of what we mean. Now, I would rather – I would genuinely rather have Skyler be good than be bad at the same time. Like, <laughs> Yeah, if I had to pick – yeah, like I'm not. So you need a player that's getting no hype, that or just I'm like, like not as much hype as you think he should be. And I'll give you a hint: mine's I, on defense because defense will never get hype. But like, I think this player is awesome. All right, so I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with uh, Chase Edmonds in terms Great of like, pick. huh? 
I said great pick because he's yeah, not getting pumped so, by the media at all. So Chase Edmonds is basically getting like no hype in like fantasy or like real life. Chase Edmonds was good. And he has the real potential to pretty much take over that backfield and be as close to a bell cow as bell cow as you can. I think Monster and him are gonna split early down work, but he <laughs> I one guy who like I watched talk about Chase Edmonds this year was talking about how Monster's never caught a pass or something. Or like couldn't catch a pass if like he wanted to. Yeah. And he, it was some stat about how, like, Sony Michelle and Sony Michelle had been, had been cut at this point. Uh, but, like, Sony Michelle and, like, Monster combined for, like, 12 receptions in, like, tw- like 12 combined years in the league or something like that. Like, something crazy. So, Jason yeah. Edmonds is going to be really good in the third down roll, and he's going to get an opportunity to be that, like, lead back. And so. He got paid a shit ton of money, too, to do that. Right. So, I, I feel like he's being undervalued. And on that same token, with Sony Michelle getting cut. Yeah, Sony Michelle was the actual, like, bigger roadblock, I thought. With Sony Michelle getting cut, and, like, what what's his nuts got cut, too? Um, Salvin Ahmed? No, I don't know if Salvin Ahmed got cut. Gaskin? No, it wasn't Gaskin. It's the dude that Hardenberger traded for Jackson because fucking, of course he did. Lynn Bowden? No, Lynn Bowden did get cut, though. He's a wideout. God, who's um, left in that backfield? Cincinnati. Chris Evans? No, he's still there. No, that guy's from Michigan. Like, since, like UC, like Cincinnati. Oh, Jerome, no. Jerome. No, not... I got Fuck. it. I, I should not, keep not do this guy because I... I, I got him pushed upon me in trades for the better part of forever. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna chart. read it off. I'm gonna be pissed. Well, I've only um, got three running backs on their roster. Oh wait, Gerald Dokes. Jared Dokes. Jared Dokes. That's right. Jared Dokes. That's right. He got cut too. Yeah, he was so, a top twelve running back in Dynasty at one point, according to Hardenberger. <laughs> oh shit. But no, like I, I think the only people left in that room are Mostert and Gaskin and Chase Edmonds. Edmonds. And like none yep. of those dudes are really goal line guys. I mean Mostert's the closest dude, but Mostert's always hurt. But like on no, the same I... token of Chase Edmonds being slightly invalued, like Gaskin might end up like being a guy who gets used. Like just because like he kinda has to. Like if Mostert gets hurt, like Gaskin might have to play. So, I don't the the weird thing about Edmonds and like the thing you heard all last offseason, and it's funny because I haven't heard it this year and I don't know why. Um, like the goal line work thing, right? And like blah blah blah. But yeah. like Miles Gaskin isn't getting goal line work over Chase Edmonds. So like, what is Chase Edmonds not getting if Mostert is out? Right? Nothing, probably. Yeah. I mean, Gaskin's <laughs> that's, that's... just a, Gaskin and him have similar skill sets. And right. It's just like probably a change of pace, like sub guy. I mean, if Monster is if Monster's just healthy, like it could very well be a poor could man's be. version of last year's James Conner and Chase Edmonds when they were both healthy. Yeah. It, sure. And I don't know how much a I don't know how In much terms a poor of man's uh, Chase Edmonds excites people, but I mean, he was 
I mean, I, I think Chase Edmonds has a opportunity to be like a pro bowler, right? Yes. Especially and he's also like- going to be on like a high, possibly high flying offense where like you have to be as a running back to get noticed by the media. Yeah. And like the thing it is, pro bowler might be one of those things where he's like very obviously like the sixth, seventh, eighth best running back, but they need four of them to go and, like, five of them tell them to go fuck off because they don't give a shit about the Pro Bowl, so Chase Edmonds is just there. <laughs> right. Right. So, that that's someone I feel good about. Um, so I guess if you're thinking of somebody you feel bad about, I want to have a moment to talk about a rookie corner from, um, or from the Houston Texans, uh, Jalen Petrie. So, He's a guy from Baylor. Guy, no, um, no, he's my guy for Beans. I'm gonna steal that because Beans isn't here. Um, (laughs) He's like, I and I know like Big Twelve defenses, blah blah blah. I just kind of don't give a shit. Like that Baylor defense was legit last year, and he's a big part of it. Um, The weird thing for him as like a corner is he plays that like awkward slot corner spot slash safety to where like you're basically a linebacker, right? Yeah. Um. So what that's going to do is, A, when he starts making – he's going to have the opportunity to make a, p- a lot of plays, and I think he's going to because he's good. His main thing is stopping the run. So, like, the media is going to love him because he's going to be in the spot to make a lot of plays um, and be around the ball. And then at the same time, like, I knew he was good at stopping the run. You want to guess uh, – so he played 31 snaps this preseason and then was like – or I guess – uh. In the games he started in the preseason, once he was given the starting job, um, or won it, he started one game, played 31 snaps, and he had 15 run stops in that those oh 31 God. snaps. Just think 50% of the play, not only like every play not being a running play, but like 50% of the time that dude was on the field, he was stopped. He literally was credited with the run stop. Just an, I, I get it, preseason game, whatever, but like, Still. That's what that's what he did in college super well. And we have one data data point of him being fucking incredible in it in the NFL. And like I think he's good coming in. Now we've only seen him be good in the NFL. And he plays for the Texans. So he just doesn't have to be that good to like be a standout on the Texans, right? Oh, they got uh Stingley too. Could you imagine yeah. if they just ha- God, could you imagine if those two just both hit and then like you draft you find like another you just get like a little mini Legion of Boom thing going? Well, what's crazy is, like, the Texans, if they just, like, hit on some draft picks, could actually have a good team, but still manage to score zero fantasy points on their ro- entire roster. It's kind of incredible. It's a sore subject. You got to be in the know to know that one. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's my I'm pick. i someone I don't like. Um, uh, for starters, right. whoever shot Brian Robinson, I don't like you. You're a douche. So, yeah, um, that guy's an ass. Yeah, just fuck from, whoever that yeah. was. Uh, your mom's a hoe. Whatever. Um, okay. Let me think. So, guys I don't like. Um, Can I'm I give, like, a with... weird one? Huh? Can I give a weird one? Not until I... Uh... Okay, you want to go first. I do, but I... <laughs> I don't have anyone off the cuff that I just am not a fan of. Um, honestly, like, Allen Robinson is a guy I think is kind Ooh. of washed. And I still think he's kind of washed. 
and I Ooh. don't know how much being in LA is going to actually help his washness. Like I, I have a feeling that Allen Robinson is going to be the guy that puts up like a thousand yards and eight touchdowns, but does it like super inefficiently or something. If that makes sense, or like mm-hmm. you can tell it, he he just feels like the type of dude who's going to be like good in fantasy, but like but you can in tell, real life. and like the Rams will be able to tell that he's definitely not as like kind of washed up. Like I, I I don't know I I just I just have this like weird feeling about Allen Robinson not being very good. So so do you know you know how I've proven that we live in a simulation? It's Dude, um, okay. Speaking of living in simulations, geez. the past like couple weeks, like I've been thinking about like oh, this person hasn't posted, like, anything on, like, Instagram or Snapchat in a while, and then, like, the next day they post something. Like, fucking weird. Um, No, but it's, like, weird shit. It'll be like, oh, I haven't thought about this, and, like, I'll think about not thinking about this, and then, like, something will happen. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be like, what the fuck? Um, so I'm convinced that, like, a couple years ago, God, like, accidentally like hit save like twice and it just duplicated Allen Robinson and it produced Kenny Galladay and then like they just went the like complete opposite directions but are like the same person it's like Allen Robinson is like the what because I think Allen Robinson's still fine I just think it's an effort issue and I think that in Chicago, he didn't want to be there. And that was just kind of like, I'm just kind of going through the motions. I think Kenny Galladay was doing the same shit, but just ended up in uh, New York with Daniel Jones. And there's like no reason to even try, just kind of cash paychecks. So I, I do think that Allen Robinson like still wants to play and like can be that high effort player that is like a good athlete and makes plays. Um, because he's in a good offense too and has a good quarterback, I do think that's going to be the case. But I absolutely do understand the like better I, in fantasy than real life aspect of Allen dude, Robinson. I just I uttered those words, and I'm gonna get fucking destroyed. It didn't. Fe- like if, it if didn't feel good fucking, hearing you say it. To be honest, if anyone ever like finds this episode of this podcast. And, like, Allen Robinson is going to end up being a Pro Bowl receiver this year. And if we get any sort of traction, they're going to dig this up. And they're going to be like, this guy's a fucking idiot. Especially when I come out and I say that I think Wondell Robinson's going to actually be pretty good this year. <laughs> yeah. Immediately after. He was another dude in my head that I thought, oh, I kind of like Wondell. Wondell Robinson. And I've talked myself into Wondell Robinson. And out of Allen Robinson, and I just know Wandell Robinson is going to get like a concussion, never play again, and Allen Robinson is going to be yep. all pro. So yep. you know, whatever. Well, you know what the actual answer to this question is? It's Debo. Uh, it's just Debo. Yeah, I, I get that too. No, like it's just perfect. It's everything is set up for the like letdown. He ended, like, two years ago really, really hot, was drafted high, injured because he's been injured his whole career, fell and, like, was drafted in, like, the seventh round of fantasy football drafts. Then he was healthy and was really good because he's always really good when he's healthy. Now he's getting drafted high again. 
Like it's just, it's just repeating Nickel, itself, bro. I, and it's not like I feel bad because it's not a hot take to come out here and say that Debo Samuel is like gonna get injured or injury prone. Like he was injury prone in college. He was injury prone in high school. Like it's just, it. Some players that's just kind of like the way that they are. But for some reason, like we just disregard it with some players. Debo is one of them. And yeah. like, I guess the 49ers did too, cause they paid him. But yeah, I, I, I feel you know, pretty strong. You know what's wild that. about the injury? What's wild about the injury prone tag? You know, who still gets tagged as injury prone? Keenan he's Allen. Like not been, dude, he's not been hurt for like four years. Yep. Yep. He's literally played like damn near every single game for like four years. But he like tore his ACL like and was out for another season like in the first like two three years of his career, right? And I think it's because him and like Ryan Matthews came in like the same time, and Ryan Matthews like also was just fucking hurt. And I feel like there's just some lingering like, oh yeah, like this dude was just always hurt, and now he's like out of the league. But like Keenan Allen is so just good, right? It's yep. so weird. Yeah. And like, it's also like player or uh, the we're talking about like the general American public earlier and like the general American public, like 50 percent of how they feel on a player is determined by like their highlight reel. And Keenan Allen's highlight reel just like sucks because of the type of player he is. Fantasy, though. Yes, he is. But like he you're going to watch your life too. He just you're going to watch and just fuck. see him create like eight yards of separation on a like dig route and then catch it and go forward for five yards and get tackled. And you're going to be like, wow, that was one of the worst highlights I've ever seen. When in like all reality, like it was an incredible play, but it just wasn't flashy. Yeah, no, I get that. Um, dude, OK, I got another dude I just don't like. And. <laughs> This is this is a guy. I don't know how he keeps getting away with it. Oh boy! Like, first off, I'm gonna leave you with the hint of I don't know how he keeps getting away away with this, and like I don't know how he keeps like riding his own hype train. Do you want to guess who I'm thinking of? Um, I actually, I mean. I want to say, like, that just makes me think of Jameis, but I, like, don't think that, uh, like, I don't feel that way about Jameis. Um, no, I don't either. I love Jameis. Yeah, There's I know. Uh, it's Sammy Watkins. Ah, like, he's, yes. He's, he's getting man. no hype, but, like, the fact that he's still, like, people still have, like, semi-expectations of him, and I don't know how. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah. that, dude, that dude has been hot mid his entire career and injury prone his entire career like talk about someone who's actually injury prone like Shane Watkins actually yes and it's like dog how does this guy still get hyped it's like Josh Gordon it's like Josh Gordon will land on some team it's like bro Josh Gordon's gonna fucking eat this year it's like dude he was good 10 years ago yeah, like that that one season that Josh Gordon was really good was in 2013, guys. Like, what what makes you like feel worse, even worse about that, is when you realize that like, you know, we 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 talk and like analyze this game so much, but at the end of the day, like if an if a coach if a team like really wanted to, and they just decided like, hey, we want to trade Denzel Mims, like 
miraculously, the next week he turns into a really good player and goes for uh, eight targets, seven catches, and 102 yards and a touchdown. It's like, oh, I just, like, forgot that he was really good. And then you look at players like Sammy Watkins when, like, you can literally just apparently decide at any point, like, hey, we're just going to, like, get you yards and, like, make you look good in this game. And he, the players like that that just consistently are just bad, it is just super, super, super hard to believe in them. But apparently that just doesn't apply to Sammy Watkins. Dude, it's incredible. Like, people, like, just – he got drafted super high, like, fourth overall, and he was a stud in college. And, like, he still is just remembered for that. It's so fucking weird. Yeah, I concur. I think it has something to do with injuries. That's why I genuinely feel like it is. People just like, like disregard people, it because injuries. Yeah, like I feel like that's what people do. It's yeah. just like, oh, you fucking suck when you're healthy, but like you were injured all the time, so you couldn't fully develop. And it's like, eh. At some point, that excuse just kind of runs out of steam. I mean, like you can say the same to Watkinson because his ceiling because like of injuries, and like that's fine, but like we can't. We, we know Shaley Watkins is a known commodity at this point. <laughs> yes. Yep. You know who else that I will also throw in this list since we're just going to trash on NFL players? Yes, I love it. Let's go. MVS. Oh, yeah, dude. Okay, so MVS, good deep threat, bad catching balls. And can I – part of the problem with MVS and, like – where he is now is I feel like there's going to be that section of chiefs fans that just like, no, we don't need Tyree kill because we have Juju and MBS. And like, even if Juju and MBS like add up to what Tyreek had last season, just like together, which I don't think they will, but like, a, it's not going to feel good because those two numbers are smaller than the one number that Tyree kill had. And people are like bad at math. And B, yes. um, just like we also lost Byron Pringle and Demarcus Robinson. Like, and we're expecting Travis Kelsey to take a step back. So, like, I MVS and like him being the quote number one in this offense is gonna completely coincide with like the offense taking a step back, and he's gonna get lumped in with that for good reason. Dude, I've said this a hundred times. You guys have to be sick of me saying this. I, I don't get where the MBS like hype comes from because he Optimism. played with Aaron Rodgers in an offense that had no clear cut number two wide receiver in an offense that had a good running game. So it was friendly to throw in on an offense that had a back to back MVP quarterback. Who's one of the most talented quarterbacks to ever play the game. Just best in general to play the game. And he is a pedestrian. He's like a, just another guy who's six four and a deep threat. Like MVS didn't like come close to putting up elite stats at any and point. And it's not like he was playing with a quarterback that like we can talk good about. But we're talking good because like he does things well other than throw like a beautiful and like spot on deep ball. Like that's literally. Aaron Rodgers is one of the most accurate quarterbacks in the NFL at all portions of the field. It's not like we're sitting here with Lamar Jackson being like, oh, you should have been better because that's not what Lamar does is throw yeah, the ball accurately I mean, downfield. You're, you're talking about one of the all-time quarterbacks ever. 
And right. like, sure, let's say he only throws for 4,000 yards and damn near 2,000 that goes to Devontae Adams. But, like, you aren't beating out, like, Randall Cobb and Alan Lazard and, like, Aaron Jones at running back. Like, you aren't commanding those targets. Right. You know what I mean? Like, you're yep. just – you're just a deep threat. You're a bat. You're a tall bat worse to Sean Jackson, essentially. Yep. And it's like, okay, like, I get that MV- MVS is a good NFL player to yes. have. He's good at being a deep threat. But, like, he is not going to put up the counting stat. Well, well, and also something that like Chiefs fans aren't going to really realize because we haven't had to think about it with Tyree Kill. It's like one of these motherfuckers is going to have to line up against your op- opposing team's number one corner and like actually win. Like, I mean, I guess Probably if the number one corner just Juju, goes and covers right? Juju on the other side, like, sure. Ironically, I think Sky Moore has the best opportunity to do that, but our coaching staff is going to use him like a fucking toy. So that's, uh, not that's well, not going to help us any. We're just going to put MVS out there on like single press coverage against like I don't know fucking uh James Bradbury who should be on the Chiefs and just like be just assume that he's going to win even though there's nothing that we have in his career to suggest he can like single handedly beat number one corners in the NFL. Yeah, no, I get you, but it's fine. But it's going to be fine. It'll be and. Fine. Speaking of it going to be fine and teams near and dear to our hearts, Sam, I believe okay. we have games this weekend. We do have games this weekend. We have two games in the uh, – oh, God, Sunflowers. We are the Sunflower State. I was going to say the breadbasket of America. Breadbasket, airplane I, capital, whatever you want to call it. I, I knew breadbasket of America was right, and I just chickened out on saying it. But we do have two breadbasket games, and um, we'll start. We'll start with the program or with the school that was founded first to be impartial. So we'll start with K State because they were uh, founded in 1863, and because fuck KU. Well, KU was founded in 1865. By the way, um, for those who are in the know, to know, mm-hmm. I went to Aggieville this week, so like the bar district in Manhattan. So there was a bar called 1863. Total frat show, not a fan. Well, that shit got shut down and like rebranded to seven eight five. You remember that, Gav? Yes. That shit shut down too. Oh, let's go. So fuck frats. Um, if you're in a frat, reevaluate. Yep. So rethink your life. Yep. Rethink your life choices. So we'll start with K State. This is a pretty this is pretty cut and dry. We played South Dakota before. We played teams similar to South Dakota before. South Dakota is a good FCS team. They made the FCF playoffs last year, lost in the first round. They almost beat KU last season as well. I think they went seven and five on the season, so like seven and four. So basically, like uh, regular season seven and three against FCS teams. Obviously, with a loss to KU and a loss in the playoff, bringing that up to five. So, I mean, they're a good team, but we played this team. I believe we played South Dakota before. I believe Jesse Hurts actually tore his ACL against South Dakota. Oh, sadness. So, hopefully that doesn't happen again. Um, but this is pretty cut and dry. South Dakota's a good team. They're a good program, but K-State, 
K-State definitely should be able to win this game just by out-talenting them. Yep. And honestly, like, there's really not a whole lot to say about this game. It, I, I'm going to be – I'm kind of bored of, like, talking about it. I'd much rather talk about the KU game. Well, I'm like, to, so I won't even go on this too much longer, but I, I don't even – I'm not the guy that's going to sit here and, like, pump up a shitty school that we should beat and we're projected to beat. Um, look, at the point uh, – with the roster that K-State has – with uh, the expectations in the program that K-State has. This is a game that is meant to get us ready to play Missouri, who honestly, like, we should, we should as a program, be, like, striving to be above anyways. But uh, regardless, um, this game, we should come out, have our backups in fourth quarter, like, be comfortable, let's look good. What I'm not trying to do is, like, come out and have to get a support circle going up in the nosebleeds because uh, Adrian Martinez throws two picks to start the game. By the way, I will not be up in the nosebleeds with you, so if you have a support circle, I might have to come up there and help. Yeah, like, I – that that's all I – that's literally all I want. I just want – oh, God, I hate – now I'm going to say that. I'm going to hate myself. So I was going to say I want hope at least for, like, a couple weeks, but that might actually hurt more. Um, so for me, I guess what I'm looking for is I'm looking for special teams look good. Obviously I'm looking for at least one big kick return. I'm not, I'm not talking like touchdown or anything, but like I need is I need at least one kick return to come out to the 40. Right. Yep. Like I, I need us to look competent in special teams. Basically knows, basically I'm looking for us to make all of our field goals and make no mistakes on special teams. That's all. That's really all I'm asking. Um, offensive wise, I'm looking for us to score like at least 35 points. Um, I don't know exactly what the offense will look like. Um, 35, 40 to 42 is about kind of the point range that I want us to be able to be in. And defensive wise, I, I'm going to give South Dakota a, a lot more credit. I think a lot are. I mean, they're a good team. They're a good program. I expect us to hold them under three touchdowns. So like around 17 to 20 points probably win this game around like 35 to like 17 or something like that have like halfway through the fourth quarter yep yep so that's I, uh and no injuries that's the big thing yes is i get would you rather have no one get hurt and lose or like win but have like a significant injury i guess i would still rather win i would rather win um but I think it's because of the team. If it was like OU and it was like, oh, you can win but lose like a significant player or you can just kind of lose and stay healthy. Like, I think I would rather just I think I would just choose to stay healthy. And, and don't don't take this the wrong way, K-State fans. But like for my own personal mental health, like if Adrian comes out, Adrian comes out and gets hurt, like my mental health for the rest of the season having to watch another season of Will Howard is just, like, worth more to me than this game to South Dakota. No, I, I understand that. It would depend who got hurt. Right, like, yeah, if, yeah. Like, if, like, here's the thing. if God forbid, if Duke, like, Deuce Torres... Oh, my God, Howard, don't, don't, don't say it, don't say it. Number 22 for the K-State Wildcats. Yeah, if that happened, I feel like we could live, right? But, like, yeah. if, if Adrian gets hurt... And Will Howard's the quarterback for the rest of the year. I'm gonna die. Like I'm yes. literally, 
Like, I'm just going to die inside. Doesn't it hurt so much to say that and just, like, exemplifies how unimportant the running back position is? I mean, the thing is, is, like, Deuce getting hurt is, like, the difference between a Dark Horse Big 12 title team and, like, maybe missing a bowl game. Right. You know what I mean? Like, right. that's the difference between a team that might go, like, 10-2 and two and a team that might end up only going, like, 5-7. and seven. And that's how that's how many close games we might be playing this year. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm sure I'm sure uh, J.R. Giddens, I think that's how I pronounce his name, I'm sure he's a perfectly fine running back. I'm sure he absolutely should be playing uh, Power 5 football, or at least FBS football in general. I'm sure he's absolutely fine. I don't want to see him play a consistent role in our offense. I agree with that. Or let me rephrase. If he plays, like, a consistent role in our offense and is, like, Joe Irvin last year, then I'm fine with him, like, taking that many reps. If he's, like, our primary tailback, I might have a stroke. And that's no offense to Joe Giddens, J.R. Giddens, but, like, it's just the way it is. It's about our mental health. It's about... One dude's a Heisman dark horse, potentially, at least, like, you know, maybe a dope walker dark horse, something like that. Yep. And the other dude is, like, a redshirt freshman, I'm pretty sure. And, like, who knows? He could be, you know, maybe he's better than Deuce. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Like, J.R. Giddens might literally end up being, like, a second-round pick in the NFL because he's, like, better than Deuce and, like, actually, like, has the size. Yeah. I might we know Will Howard sucks. That's all that matters. Yeah, pretty much. JR might end up being like good and we look like fucking idiots. And I'm fine. You know what? Anytime a K State player wants to make me look like a fucking fool because they said they weren't good enough, I'm happy. Go for it. Yeah, go for it. Every dude on K State's roster, I hope they're only there for three years because I hope they're declaring for the NFL draft. (laughs) That's right. You have this uh, other team written down, this nobody school, Tennessee Tech. Who could they possibly? Be playing and so Tennessee the... Tech is playing KU this week, and they're thirty point dogs to KU. Oh my god! Yeah, they're fucking bad. They went three and eight last season with their only wins being Southeast Missouri State, twenty eight to seventeen, uh, North Carolina Central twenty seven to sixteen, and then they beat some team called Virginia Lynchburg. Which I don't even I don't think they're even like FCS. I think they're like D two, and they beat them fifty six to thirteen. So for some perspective, so Samford, you you remember Samford, right? Like they're the yes. team that like almost beat Florida State a couple of years ago. Right, they're where uh, Duck Hodges came from. Samford's like not terrible. I don't think they lost to that team like fifty two to fourteen. They lost to Tennessee like fifty six to nothing. And they lost, like, Austin P like, 48 to 20. So, like, look, I'm not not asking KU. For me, if I was a KU fan, what I want to see is, A, I just want to see you control the game and win. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily matter. You obviously don't want to win by fucking seven. But, like, if you win by, like, three touchdowns and, like, look good doing it, like, that's fine. And you want to see the backups at some point. That's the other big thing. So, yeah, I completely agree with that. Uh, we've been on here, like, pumping up this coaching staff. The main thing is, like, you need to come out here and, like, start 
you need to start this with a game that's gonna get rid of the like, oh, this is just KU like mindset. For yeah, me. you you gotta wash yourself of like the negative attitude, right? Yeah, and I think that brings me to point number two. So like, let's just assume I hate assuming stuff. Let's just assume Jalen Daniels looks good. Your running game looks really good with uh, Devin Neal and Kai Thomas. Like, let's say they all like you look good, right? You win the game by like 21, 24, something. Let's call it like a 45 ish to like, I don't know, 45 to like 20 win or something like that. Or maybe it's more like, whatever. We don't need to predict score. Let's just call it 38 to 10. Let's say you went 38 to 10. And you look really good doing it. I think the other thing is, and like I, people are gonna call me an old head for this, and people are gonna like kind of bash me and like say I'm like a classic K State fan. But like, I feel like it's important to make sure that if KU absolutely controls this game wire to wire and wins, that you don't store that the fans don't storm the field and take down the goalpost for beating an FCS team that was three and eight last year. Yep, because I feel like that just feeds back into like we're just KU, the old KU, and you get like you are. Here's the thing, right? If you do it, if you do it. I can tell you this right now. Barstool is going to tweet it. It's going to end up on social media, and it's on a Friday night too. Like that game's on. Oh, a so it's going to be at the head of the news cycle. Yeah, so it's on a Friday night, and everyone's going to fucking see it. And I don't, I can't tell you the extent of it. And I don't know if it's just like Big Twelve fans who will do this. It might just be Big Twelve fans. But on some level, KU is going to get clowned for that, and like you just don't need that. You're trying to like make the program serious, and I think they're getting there. But like, you can't have students. Pulling down goalposts against three and eight FCS teams, if you want to like be taken seriously. And yeah. I, 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 and again, this is just a me being like, in my opinion, type thing. Maybe KU decides for the rest of time that every time they win, even if they go like twelve and zero, and like, but it just doesn't matter. Like they win, they fucking tear down the goalposts. Maybe that's something they do. And in that case, like, it could be a cool tradition if they're doing that all the time. But, like, I feel like for a serious, like, turnaround type thing, we don't need to be rushing fields for Tennessee Tech. Like, I completely completely understand, like, if it was K-State and K-State was, like, three and eight going into Lawrence and they won. Like, they hadn't done that forever. I get it. Like, like that's storm-worthy. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I I completely agree. The... This is the start. You're not going to turn around KU in one week, but you got to like start taking steps towards that culture changing. I obviously as soon as possible, this is that first step. This is an opportunity for that first step. And I mean, there's potential. There's so much negative energy around KU that like they could actually like go like have a five win season, but just because like week one carries so much, uh, weight on how people remember the season and the end of the season there's potential they just like win a couple games in the middle that nobody remembers but they just fuck up the beginning and like end shitty and no one cares again right yeah and like the thing here's the thing too right like KU is an elite basketball school 
and like their fans Give know up. how to handle like being successful, like at least in basketball, right? And yeah. so I th- I think for them, I mean, K State isn't one dick in anything. So like, if we ever, when, whenever we get good, we like pedestal anyone because like we don't know what it's like to be like, <laughs> yeah, like dude, like the the fucking you win a Big Twelve title in football, you're God, like God Himself to K State fans. But like KU, it's like, yeah, like Tyshawn Taylor was like a really cool player. Like Brandon Rush was a really cool player. Brandon Rush is a little bit different because he won a natty. But like Thomas Robinson was like a really cool player. You know, he made it to a natty. Like, like KU fans know how to handle winning, at least in basketball. And they so they have like experience winning and being successful. And I think that's kind of the mindset that they need to shift into. They need to shift the gear of we're a successful program. We're like a flagship program. We're important. Like people know who we are. Let's like act like we've been you, here before you... when we win. Cause like we want to be like, it just feel like, I feel like if the fans change their mindset about the culture of the program, it helps the players change the mindset and it helps move it forward. And, like, that's – I mean, that's kind of what I feel like Jerome Tang is doing at K-State. Not right. to, like, compare K-State KU, but, I mean, he's sitting on a couch outside Bosco Plaza letting students ask him questions. I mean, like, I would want to go see, like, one of his games now, and I feel, like, more positive about him now because he's engaging. And so, like, the fan and team, like, relationship, staying engaged – and like being in lockstep, like that, I feel like that is important. You you bring up a good point too because if KU doesn't grab the attention of their fans, their students, whatever, early, like K State fan or KU fan, sorry, KU fans are they're checked out. They're in the basketball season with like five weeks left in the football season, like. Yeah, the KU football season ends sooner than most other schools just because nobody gives a shit there with like a yeah. month left in the season. You got to grab that attention so that at least you remain at least somewhat relevant when basketball does start. And, and dude, to, to all the people, dude, I say this about the K State fans who went to all the games in the 80s and like 70s. To all the like students who go to every football game for KU, all people who have season tickets for KU and go to every game, like, those guys are troopers. Those guys got the troopers. Like, they're troopers. Like, I, I I get it. Like, they've been awful since, like, 2000, like, like they've, yeah. been, they've just been awful. Yeah, but, props to you guys. Seriously. Like, seriously. Like, you guys are troopers, and I don't know when it's going to be. Like, I, if I had my choice, K, you would never be good, right? Right. But, like, I'm that, – that doesn't happen. Like, Vanderbilt won, like – nine games in the SEC, like, at one point. Like, team, teams get turned around, teams get better. K, K-State's not going to beat KU every time for the rest of time in football unless KU went to, like, the Big Ten and we never played again and, like, the series just ended and we left on a win, right? Right. But, like, yeah. those, those, those folks are the troopers, and whenever this thing gets turned around, like, they will have earned it. And like respect yeah, I, to them. 
I think we did a great job of wrapping that all up. That's uh, b- big takeaways for this weekend's game. We'll be back on uh, early next week to cover both of these and talk about the takeaways. So. Yep, we should. We should probably get one of our KU fans like on so they can. Because no, I mean, I might watch that game. I'll probably be driving though. Yeah, I, I'm not watching that game. So that that would actually be a good idea. So we'll we'll see what kind of strings we can pull to get someone in. And we go get Les Miles. He seemed like his head screwed on straight. Oh, so Jesus. <laughs> um, I think we should take it into the hot take and uh, move our way out of here, Sam. Yep, I think uh, I think we've done a good job of keeping everything pretty short, sweet, and consistent. So I know that you have a hot take. So let's just hear from you real quick and let's see what you got. Okay, so um, I'm kind of cheating with this, but um, I'm also not because I'm just picking on the general American public and NFL and media and whatever because the NFL Top 100 comes out and Jonathan Taylor makes a top 10. Oh, no. And yeah, like, I this is where this was going when you said that. And, like, yeah, was Jonathan Taylor really good last year? Yes, absolutely. But, like, we just got done talking earlier about how, like, being healthy at running back and like being efficient, all that stuff doesn't necessarily really matter. All that matters is how your coach feels about you. And if he's going to give you 35 carries a game or like 35 touches, however the fuck it comes. And like Jonathan Taylor, like split snaps, nine Hines and played 60% of the snaps. But when he was on the field, got the ball a shit ton. And also just kind of happened to break the NFL record for red zone carries in a season. By 40 carries. Like, I just, everybody that thinks Jonathan Taylor is just this, like, God talent at running back to, like, take a step back and understand the fact that this dude got 40 more carries than the next highest person in the NFL history to, like, opportunities to score. And he did score, and he scored a lot. But, like, I don't know if we gave... Mike Davis, 93 carries inside the red zone, and he scores, like, 30 touchdowns in a season. Are we, like, coming out here and, like, holy shit, Mike Davis was incredible and, like, pumping him up? Probably. I I just want everybody to take a step back, pump the brakes. Jonathan Taylor is very, very, very good. He's not, like, in the top 30. He's not in the top 40 of, like, NFL players talent-wise. He's a really, really, really talented running back. It's probably a top like eight, top ten running back in the NFL, just talent wise. But um, I'm like maybe could squeeze him into the top five, but it's just kind of all the same up there, and that's kind of the point. It's all the same. It doesn't really matter. And Jonathan Taylor is just like a really good NFL running back, and there's nothing wrong with that. I I feel like players. I I hate player rankings. And yes. I hate media rank. I, there, there's no, there's my no rankings good are perfect players no. because everyone is so biased. I'm not, but <laughs> it always seems like the players come out with some like fucking wackadoodle shit. Yes, like dude, I don't know how Aaron. Do- Who did Aaron Donald pissed off? And he's like not perennially the best player in the NFL. Because uh, if you like look at the list, helmet out of a practice. But no, seriously, like, if you look at the list for, like, best players in the NFL, 
it's consistently like Aaron Donald is like the only dude who's been in like each list. Probably him and Tom Brady actually. Like Aaron Donald's in the top ten like every year for the past like eight years, and he's like only number one like a handful of times. I feel yes. like I feel, and I feel like mostly it's because of the rise of fantasy football. I feel like we can overvalue running backs and overvalue receivers for how good they are. Yes, but completely. Like, Aaron Donald should be the number one player fucking every year until he isn't the number one player. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he, he's incredible. He's a fucking freak, dude. I I know I've said this a million times. Dan Lebertard had a quote about Aaron Donald, and it was literally that he had no human precedent. There, there's no one human who is exactly like Aaron Donald. And no one since Aaron Donald and no one before Aaron Donald. He's like one of one. And just a freak show. Right. And so. what's what's crazy about him, too, is he plays a position, or he plays a not flashy position, too. Like, everybody knows about him. He plays defensive tackle. It's, yeah. Well, the fucking the, thing is, is he plays DT, and then he plays, like, the fucking end spot, too. And he plays both elite. Yeah. Who does that? No. Nobody... Even- that's literally He's consistently not even double the and same triple position. Team. You know what I mean? Like, Chris Jones yeah. tried to do that last year, and he wasn't as good as he was. Yeah, and, like those. This isn't like playing outside rusher and then playing like edge rushers like a D end. Like, you know what I mean? Like these are like people who didn't play football don't understand that like the defensive tackle job is completely different than the defensive end job. Yes. Yeah. Like those are two completely different positions, but like he's elite at both of them. It's fucking crazy. In in terms of a numbers game and how like how easy it makes the rest of your team's jobs when you just occupy three offensive linemen like consistently at the defensive tackle spot. Like one player is being blocked by three. So just in terms of a numbers game, how easy the rest of the defense's job like gets at that point, at that starting point, is just kind of mind-boggling to wrap your head around. Especially when you think in terms of like Jalen Ramsey's a lockdown corner. So you have like one of your wide receivers on the outside that like theoretically you can just leave Jalen Ramsey on an island and then occupy three offensive linemen with Aaron Donald, and you've occupied four players on the opposing offense with just two players on your defense. Exactly. Quarterbacks holding the ball. You like <laughs> The numbers game just gets insane there so fast. No, I know. Like, dude, it, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so uh, what's your hot take for this week, Sam? So I don't have a hot take because um, I don't have a so I'm going to give two anecdotes instead. They're not even anecdotes. Um, one, I watched the Amazon Prime show, original series, Invincible. It was really good. It's only one season. It's like six hours of content, like eight episodes. You should definitely watch it. Um, I don't want to spoil anything, so I'm not even going to describe it. It's like a superhero thing. But it's really good, and you should watch it. And, yeah, I pretty much – I start watching it eight. Right. Um, yep. Like on Monday. No, it was Sunday. It was Sunday night. Sunday night, I get home. It's like eight o'clock. I'm bored out of my wits, and no one's on box. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to watch the show. I've heard it's really good. 
I turn it on and I'm like, I'm going to watch two episodes. By that time, it'll be like around 10-ish and then I'm going to go to bed because I'm like really tired. I was up late the previous night. I get through two episodes and I'm like, you know, I'm not really tired. I think I'm going to go for three. I watched the third one. It was good. I'm like, okay, like I could end here. I'm just going to finish half the season and I'll finish the other half tomorrow, like Monday. Like it's Naturally. perfect. It's a great, great idea. Dumb. Episode four was incredible. <laughs> episode four was so good. I watched episode five and then I just kept watching until episode six. And I'm doing the math in my head. I'm like, you know, I could finish this by like 2, 2.30. And I finished the whole fucking thing in one night. It was so good. I went from 8 o'clock to 2 in the morning on a work night to finish it. That's how good it was. Whoa. And like, I had no regrets. Like, I, I was basically never on my phone either. Like, yeah, I got on like a couple of times to scroll through Twitter like while it's on. And there's one episode that's kind of filler. I think that was, like, episode six. But, like, by that time, you committed to three quarters of the series. You might as well just fucking finish it. Yeah, you're you're in at that point. You've committed. Yeah, I was all in. So, you should definitely watch Invincible. It's really good. Okay. Um, the other just story-type duo, um, we did our fantasy draft. Gavin and I did for our main redraft league that's entering its seventh season. And Gavin is the defending champion, and I wanted to tell you, Good luck this season. Hopefully you suck, and hopefully I don't suck. And to all of our friends that are in that league, good luck to you guys as well. And nope. I'm sure Gavin and I will be posting some updates on that during the season. So, Gavin, yep. to you, as I said, good luck. Hopefully your season is shit, so mine is good. I, uh, well, best of luck to you too, Sam. I know um, <laughs> we are coming at this from different starting points. Uh, I'm playing with house money and like kind of just want to keep my playoff streak alive more than anything else at this I'm, point. I'm trying to make, I haven't, I haven't made the playoffs since I won it two years ago, so. And I just want to say, uh, Fox, if you're listening to this, which you're probably not, you suck at fucking drafting. And every narrative I tried to push this offseason to make the league better, better, you just, like, shit all over them. So I guess you win. Like, congrats. You did it. I'm an idiot for thinking that your fourth-round picks were worth something in your hands. But you know what? You and Drew's campaign to make draft picks as worthless as possible in this league is actually kind of impressive, and I'm proud of you for sticking to your guns. <laughs> I I might have to tag him in this so that way he can. Yeah, you got to tell him to hop on at the uh, whatever mark this is for that. Uh, yeah, like one twenty nine. Just hop on at one twenty nine for Gavin's rant on Fox. Well, I think I'm out of words. Um, do you have any last words, Mister Gavin? Nope, I'm ready to be sitting in Bill Snyder Family Stadium. I'm ready to tailgate. I'm ready to eat. I'm ready for football season with all the emotions that fucking come with it. Yes, sir. Tears to another, uh, hopefully, seven season. Tears <laughs> to another worse. year of football. Goddamn right. Well, to everyone who was listening today, thank you for putting up with us today. It was a little more freeform and relaxed than normal. 
So I hope that you enjoyed while you could, while you were here. To Beans, if you're still listening, wishing the best for you, buddy. Can't wait to have you back. Hopefully it's next week, but if it's not, take as long as you need. We'll be on just audio for Beans is out. So get better soon, buddy, with whatever you're dealing with, and we hope to see you soon. To John Zimmerman, thank you for sending us that tweet from FanDuel Sportsbook. If you want to be like John and get your tweet and or any sort of comment or question on the show, just shoot us a DM, tag us in a tweet, or text us personally if you have our numbers. We'll go over it. We love free content. We love That's not right. Make our jobs so easy for us. We can't possibly fuck it up. Exactly. So, John, thank you again for sending us that content. And to everyone else, that was listening. I hope you enjoyed yourself. Please like, share, and subscribe if you send this to one friend and they send it to one friend that's three people. Leave comments like we said, and we hope that you have a beautiful day. We'll see you next time and rip Len Dawson.